0: Jeff Kober and we welcome you to another Disney at Play podcast. In the course of two back-to-back visits I had the opportunity to really canvas all that is going on at Epcot. Construction at this park is the highest since it opened nearly 40 years ago. We go above the fence to check it out and from the front of the park all the way to the back on the way we experience five really great World Showcase discoveries, magical moments that sparkle, even during this time of COVID and construction. And yes, we talk about huge crowds, or the lack thereof. Check out this major update, come join us at Epcot. And we really welcome you making sure you check out at some point, maybe you're in the car right now listening to this or at the gym working out, but sometime, please, pay a uh, a visit to our show notes page because we have dozens of photos, plus videos, plus links. Uh, We talk about uh, new food items at World Showcase, just a lot that we're covering in the show notes page and it'll be a great reference to what we're talking about here in this podcast. Let's start uh, with my first day when I arrived at Epcot. I was totally blown away. It was about 11.30 in the morning the park now opens at 11 and goes till nine o'clock. It will change hours and get uh, even less uh, in a couple of weeks. But um, I got there and there was a massive number of cars at the toll booth. I would say we were backed up about a fourth to a third of the mile and every toll booth was open, which is is that five or six booths. I can't remember. Sometimes... They kind of pull off to the end. At any rate, and and, the, and you double each one of that. So there were 10 to 12 lanes that were open of traffic backed up. Um, once we got past the toll booth, of course, then you have to park all those cars. And they're doing a really good job of spacing those cars out so that you aren't just opening the door to somebody else getting out and, and, and sharing that space with them. So... in this time of COVID, they've done a great job of parking the cars, but that means it takes longer to get cars parked. Because there's no courtesy tram, you're walking all the way to the front of the park. It's not the worst walk at all, but any rate, depending on where they park you, it could be a little bit of a haul to get there. Upon arrival, you go through the fever check and then you came to security. And there was a crowd there too, not sure why there was a crowd, other than it looked like they were holding everybody there to prevent more people from coming into the inner courtyard, leading to the uh, the entry gate. It was confusing. Wasn't there very long? Finally passed through that. There I saw these long lines, and I thought, wow, there's a lot of people lining up to buy tickets at the ticket booth. Uh, no, 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 no. What was happening is that those were lines of people who were going in front of the ticket booth to go past the ticket booth and actually get into uh, the turnstiles and into the park. And I, in the photos, I show you one picture. The one on the far left was extending no less than over a football field in length to get in. Now people were doing their best to kind of say socially distance, and that kind of adds to the length of the line. But there was a massive crowd of people. In truth, this week Disney has added, um, and in fact they did so last week, they've added some additional uh, days, particularly for pass holders. I don't know that they are necessarily adding attendance to the park as much as they are mm, perhaps moving some of that attendance option from resort guests over to annual pass holders. I say that because you have to understand at this time of year, any year, the attendance goes down at Disney. It goes down because kids are starting to go back to school. Now, I kind of talked about the fact that some families may get really kind of smart and kind of just have their kids virtually going through school while on vacation, but by and large, I still expect The attendance go down and it's already down. So I think they are kind of coming to a conclusion that annual pass holders are there. They need to get more annual pass holders in. And the feedback I am certain from annual pass holders is why is it so difficult to get in? I believe that most of the people in that front of the gate were annual pass holders. Let me also say that another problem with why the crowds were so big during this time is that you've opened up the park two hours later than you normally open up. And when you do that, you've just taken essentially two hours worth of crowds and added them um, all together into one moment. I should say that when I left um, um, in the afternoon, there were no crowds at the gate going into the park. I will also say when I came back, Uh, The next day, which was late in the afternoon, early evening, no crowds at the entrance of the park. And in truth, when you get through most, there were a couple moments and I show a picture of, for instance, test track at a 50 minute wait. That's fairly long considering there was no fast pass running to kind of keep that standby line um, from moving faster. Part of that problem was it seemed like there were repeated downtimes at um, Test Track, which occurred, which has been a big issue over at Rise of the Resistance in the studios and which I observed yesterday at um, the studios as well with respect to Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. Every time your <coughs> attractions go down, then, of course, lines build up. With those closest to boarding the attraction, they'll often, often give them a... Um, fast pass to come back or to go on another attraction well then that does create a fast pass even though fast passes aren't technically being uh, used in the park so all those kinds of things build up these I would say clusters of crowds but then you get to the rest of the day and it's just kind of quiet and it's really not that crowded so if you're concerned about the crowds i think you just have to kind of pace yourself as to when you go in and where you want to be um, uh, throughout the day so at any rate that kind of was the first thing was relative to the crowds now beyond that getting in the gate you are reminded of construction well actually technically you're reminded of construction because that begins before you get in the gate remember all those uh, little tiles, um, those memory, uh, memories of everyone that were in front of where, uh, Spaceship Earth are being moved to a grass area and that is being made into more of a park area. Right now, that's all fenced up. I took a photo, wasn't much to see. Still a lot more to do, but you could see that all the way, all the way from before you even get to security, at the park, all the way to the back of the park, which I would say would be Ratatouille, and also where they're preparing the new fireworks barges. You can see there's construction strewn all the way down uh, this, uh, this park. Um, the very coolest thing is that um, a set of pylons, very familiar pylons, uh, three acrylic pylons that were part of a fountain in front of Spaceship Earth have been uh, installed. They're about 16 feet tall and they've been installed in front of Spaceship Earth. And while you can only see them over the fence, uh, they really are quite beautiful. Uh, they mirror the original ones that were in Epcot when the park first opened. They were taken out around the time of the Millennium Celebration um, during that time where we had the rehab with all the tiles and, and, uh, and I understand why they took it out. I don't think people remember why they took it out. The reason it was taken out was because that acrylic had really faded over the years. It didn't look very pretty. It looked kind of scratchy and here, this is crystal clear. Beautiful. I don't know if they're able to use a slightly different substance to kind of keep it that way, or if in ten years it's also gonna look kind of hmm, smudgy and ready to be taken out. So, but notwithstanding, it's a great sign of things to come. You go into Spaceship Earth and you come out the other side, and sure enough, you see a curtain that has been thrown over the uh, globe that was uh, designating where people were coming from. You remember you would indicate what country you came from. In fact, I will say that that aspect of the attraction, where are you coming from, has been taken out of the film portion of Spaceship Earth. You know, when you say, what language you speak within and what country you come from? That little segment has been taken out. <clears throat> I, and then this has been covered now. On the side screens, you still see guests and they have their masks and they've been placed in different little fun uh, spots um, along the sides. But that, that globe has been taken out. And I really don't have an answer as to why, but here's some things I'm thinking of. I think that it is entirely possible that they don't want to show where people are coming from to have people take a picture to have some kind of possible outbreak occur and then somebody who happens to have a photo say well look this is what the globe showed everybody was coming from no wonder you know I think it might be lending toward that because I've seen it where the globe wasn't working but it was still very much in the attraction as to where you were from so I don't know. I'm just conjecturing on that, but my guess is, as long as there's a pandemic, that is not going to be in the show. Step. And by the way, do you remember um, that this was actually known as Earth Station originally? Um, if you go way back to the early days of Epcot, this is where Guest Relations was for the park, and this was not a an enclosed building. It actually opened up to the outside it is a little reminiscent of the three story structure that is being created because that was supposed to be, the bottom floor of that was supposed to be open and it was supposed to be kind of an event center where you kind of come and go and find out more about what's happening. When uh, it was covered up and when they added the blue tarp uh, in the center of, um, of uh, near the fountains, you remember they put in kind of a little guest relations booth on one side and then a pin trading uh, booth on the other side. Um, I would kind of love to see this opened up. I'm not big on spaces that aren't air conditioned, but as this kind of gets reconfigured, I wouldn't mind seeing this opened up and become kind of the guest relations space again. Um, Just saying, I think um, that would be kind of interesting moving forward. So... Stepping out of Spaceship Earth, um, there are fences everywhere. I'm a tall guy, and I do not stand on benches. I do not get on top of things, but I do have a good stretch of the arm. And you can take quite a few photos uh, on a good day. So you see, and you can check this out on the notes page, you can see what this whole center plaza looks like. All those blue tarps that I just mentioned, purple tarps, have been... Removed, but the tarps over the pla- the patio area of electric umbrella remain. I think they just simply haven't been figured out as to what they want to do with that section. The big thing you notice is, besides those towers that held up those tarps, the fountain beyond is completely removed, and of course, portion of the building that was interventions west has been removed. And, and what you see in its place is a lot of orange pylons kind of guiding uh, construction traffic as to where to go. Do you see anything new vertically coming up? No, there is nothing new vertically at this point, which is disappointing because this went down uh, some time ago, and yet we still see the same thing. So construction really did halt, at least for this area of the park. Uh, If you go off to interventions, or you go off to what was Future World East, to what was the universe of energy, you see that they are looking to put some kind of uh, new um, solar panel structure on top of the roof um, for where the new Guardians of the Galaxy uh, attraction is going to be. At the same time, next door in the old Wonders of Life building, where that's going to become the new play pavilion you see, and we have photos of this tiles being put on, although the color, uh, it seems to me, I'm not sure if the nuke tiles are, are more of a beige or those were the old tiles being replaced by something more yellow. I like the bright dome look of that pavilion and I hope they keep that, but I'm confused as to what was new and what was old looking at this thing. Um, Moving next door to Mission Space, you see some fencing covering what is going to be kind of an internal patio. And I actually, if you look at the photo that follows it, you can actually see it from the back side. There's some um, light fixtures that have been put in place. These, this is kind of a gathering place, a check in place before you are taken on the space elevator up into your restaurant. Um, Uh, That, again, is another piece of construction moving. And let's just say I make this an effort. Well, let me let me talk about this photo first. Um, On the other side of all this, you have images where you can see how the um, I um, the I want to call it centaurium. Um, but the Mouse Gears gift shop is just completely wide open. They have completely opened up that construction space, including the walls. And that, that is a long way. This is not going to, this is not going to be done by the end of the year. This looks like a project that, that is not going to hold Christmas merchandise for this year. It it looks like it's got a lot of work yet to go on it. So as we head out of what has been Future World East, you come to a fork past Test Track where you can kind of move back toward the center, toward World Showcase and the center of Future World, or you can uh, head over to what is uh, kind of a World Showcase uh, expo area that shows the movie of upcoming attractions, what used to be the Odyssey Restaurant. Um, I just mentioned the one path back toward future world because that path has been greatly widened with new lamps and, uh, or lampposts and, and uh, adornments. And it is, a, it used to be kind of a narrow kind of path that kind of headed back. And now it's a fairly broad path going through that area. Um, as we head toward uh, what has been the Odyssey restaurant, I don't usually do restroom photos, but I had to note that Uh, they have completely renovated one of the two restrooms. There are restrooms on both sides of the restaurant, and the one, uh, as you face the restaurant on the left, has been completely redone, beautifully remodeled. It's one of the last restrooms in Future World to really get uh, uh, remodeling, although behind Journey also needs it still, but They've done a great job both in Magic Kingdom and in Epcot in just kind of taking one set of restrooms at a time and really bring them into the 21st century. So these little details often get missed in, in the shadow of larger topics. Um, but I wanted to make sure we share them. I also show fo- uh, photos that are kind of over the fence with my little stretching there that show back into the central area of uh, Future World, what used to be the fountain area um, there. And you can see those photos. And uh, and what you kind of note there is that, not a, again, not much has really happened to this area of the park. Uh, still a lot more to, to occur uh, in the days to come. Um, as you head into... World Showcase, where we're going to spend the rest of our time, uh, I haven't really shown any photos, but just to mention, again, uh, for the Harmony Us fireworks, there is still cranes trying to create the new barges that are going out into the lagoon, and uh, there's still a film that is supposed to be replaced in China uh, to go into that location, so... Remember that uh, film is supposed to be kind of seamless, so it's not like separate screens, but it's all one uh, creation. But again, no word on when that actually shows up. What I did have lots of photos on was Ratatouille. You could see the new signage at the entrance to it, but also in an over the fence kind of uh, stretch photo, you can see the pathway that leads toward the back of what has been the France Pavilion, And the first thing you kind of notice is this is kind of a narrow area. This is going to become where the queue heads right back into World Showcase, where the queue's gonna start, if not uh, always kind of be there, Uh, because it's gonna be a long set of queues going into Ratatouille for a long time to come. Whether or not there's social distancing in the queue, there's gonna be a lot of uh, stretching. I also have an aerial view of that same area. Uh, from the Skyliner and it's uh, Noting uh, still landscaping that needs to go into uh, that location uh, And a couple of other things I noted uh, There's a pink building that you'll see um, that is kind of right in front of the fountain I don't have a really good. Uh, there's a fountain that's kind of ratatouille based in uh, in the heart of this new addition but the pink building I thought was very interesting because the signage on it seems to refer to patisserie um, or bakery, which coincidentally is the back side of that bakery that we all have come to love inside France. It would be wonderful. It would be remarkable. It would be awesome if you could exit that attraction area and head back into the bakery. The way the bakery is laid out, I don't see that happening, but it still would be a nice feature to have because what's happened is the construction has created kind of a big L from that Ratatouille sign down a corridor and then into the open public space. I assume all that space is gonna be needed to get guests into not just the attraction, but uh, the, a uh, little restaurant cafe they're going to have there. But then how do you get everybody out? If you have to funnel them in through that same, uh, corridor, it's going to be crazy. They, they need something that kind of, uh, moves them out in a circular direction. And the bakery would be a great place to do that if they, if they made the remodel, but that I have no knowledge of happening. Um, so at any rate, we've covered a lot of construction again you are not going to see a time at Epcot where there is more construction. Yes, there are still some things we haven't seen. You know, they've delayed stuff on, on Spaceship Earth. They've delayed or in, indefinitely stuff on Mary Poppins. But even if those things come, they're going to come at a much later time after a lot of this stuff has been completed. So again, this is probably the, the worst construction time in Epcot. And for guests arriving, especially in the front of the park, it could be a disappointing experience because you're walking past a lot of fences to get to different locations. That said and done, despite the immense amount of construction and despite the fact that we're in this you know COVID pandemic uh, scenario, I wanted to tell you about five magical world showcase moments, discoveries, where really the Disney magic set in for me, even though we're in this very weird time at Epcot. The first is the food and wine festival continues to bring me back. Yes, it's not the crowds, but that's not a bad thing. Um, I have in particular for this, for Disney at Play, Tried to really come up with a solid food and wine uh, showcasing of what is the offering there, and we have a link to that uh, podcast and continually updated posts. We now have over about thirty things that we have rated and and test tried. While I was there last time, I tried again um, a couple of dishes, um, the um, uh, pot sticker kind of dish that they have dumpling kind of uh, dish that they have in China that was okay it's a 2 star when i first rated it it's still a 2 star more interestingly i tried the impossible burger slider uh, that had a wasabi cream and spicy asian slaw on a sesame seed uh bun plant it's a plant based kind of thing and um I did this partly because I was really hungry and I didn't see anything else on that side of the park that really appealed to me. But I got to tell you, having thought it through over a couple of days, this is a three-star item. First off, it tastes like a burger. Secondly, it is presented as a slider, but this is one tall slider. There is a lot of, um, well, of this impossible burger material on it but it's it's a filling dish and for a slider you don't usually expect you're going to have that um the taste with the wasabi cream and the asian slaw a little peppery but boy i just keep thinking about it and thinking i'm going to go back and do that again and the only things that get three stars are things i say i got to go back and do that again so i know that i i should also mention that uh um, I went to the, um, uh, well, I'm trying to think of the order of things here. I tried I tried uh, what is a strawberry soft serve and waffle cone with a lot of sprinkles. Okay, I was probably attracted to the sprinkles. Um, I'm not a soft serve fan. I do like strawberry, but it's got to be good. Um, the soft serve was served upside down than what the photo shows I show both photos Um, so it didn't look as decorative didn't seem like it had as many sprinkles as did the the one in the display Um, but I didn't mind that it was served in a bowl because with the heat of the day I don't think you could have succeeded uh, in serving, in, in, in consuming this item before it completely melted all over you. So I was kind of glad it was in the bowl. Um, and, and honestly the soft serve ice cream, uh, the strawberry didn't really, I, I could have used more strawberry to the soft serve, a more taste, more, um, even texture to it. So that was, I put, did I put that as a two star or a three star? Because It was a two-star in terms of it being the dish it was, Um, but I will say that um, the experience was a three-star, and let me come back to that in a moment. First, let me go back to the Japan Pavilion because on the other day, I had an opportunity to, um, and I had done this before, the frothy ramen. These are chilled noodles in a dashi broth topped with egg white froth, um, a little soy on top. And let me tell you, this is a stunningly great dish. Great dish on a summer hot day. You wouldn't think of doing ramen on a hot day. It was so great. They originally were going to, originally the menu in Japan offered a tempura donburi, which was two pieces of tempura shrimp over sushi rice. Um, that's not on the menu what is on the menu right now is a bao bun and it was delicious um it was great tasting I'm I'm a sucker for bao buns and I would give that um, I I would give that three stars because I would I would say of all of uh, the f- pavilions if there was one stop place I would go to in the food and wine festival it would be the Japan pavilion they knock it out with. Also, they had had um, in a previous uh, review, I had talked about um, a particular dish that was really very cool. It was a um, shirashi sushi flour pot with fresh cut salmon and spinach served over sushi rice and put kind of in a flour bowl. It's really great tasting dish. I have to say you get three, three star dishes at this particular uh, place. While I'm here, by the way, I would be amiss to say, you definitely have to check out uh, Teppanito, which has reopened. When we talk about great uh, dining cultural opportunities in World Showcase, this Benihana style where they where the chefs prepare at your table and I've got a short video on the show notes page of them doing this these are talented uh, chefs who have done this for a career they are really great at what they do they're very entertaining it is a it is what you come to Epcot and world showcase whether you're doing that that kiosk outside for food and wine or whether you're doing tepanito you are having a great um world experience cultural experience and that's why i can't recommend more either of these two locations uh, or try one for lunch and one for dinner um i should say that i finished up after i was done um with those dishes in japan i finished uh finished back up at world show place where i tried the liquid nitro uh chocolate cake pop with the crumbled twix I gave it two stars. My daughter gave it three. Um, I just thought the M&M one was better and the one I would want to come back to. This one didn't make me want to come back, but the other one did. I also tried the frozen s'more, um, which was a drink with that seemed fairly simple because it just had small marshmallows and two graham cracker um, pieces, um, crackers in it. And it looked simple, tasted great. In fact... I would say that's a contender with the frozen apple pie, which is also a three-star, and both of them are great dishes in the summer. I just have to say thank you that they put out the Food & Wine Festival from day one when they reopened Epcot because it really gave you um, something to to really enjoy and it's been a magical journey we'll keep there's still pavilions that have not opened up for a world that were more designed for the food and wine festival itself i think they'll come out somewhere in september um so we'll review those but uh, there's still 30 dishes to review and if you have a chance to visit epcot i suggest making sure you have down uh downloaded disney at play at our um, on the, on your mobile device and you can just go around the world showcase in the order of these dishes. We go clockwise and you can see what our rating is, is you kind of decide what you want to eat, uh, throughout the pavilion. All really great. Let me come back as I go into number two, that was number one of really what has been a magical experience at Epcot. Number two came to me and it came to me as I was holding that strawberry uh, soft swirl. Now I said, it, and by the way, the, the cone was a, felt like it had been made several days previous. The dish could have been better, but the timing could not have. Because as I was eating this dish, I realized that I was really not just going to, you know, you can you can take a bow bun in about three or four bites. You'd be done with it in about two minutes. But an ice cream dish like this really takes a good 10 minutes or more to really sit down and enjoy. I found this little bench to sit down and enjoy. And what came along were the princesses in one of the character cavalcades. I have had a chance to see the cavalcades emerge through all the parks except Epcot. This one came out of nowhere and it was wonderful. It was surprising the music, the Disney characters, it was it was such a great timing and it felt so Disney. And I needed a Disney moment right there in the heat of the day, here with the Star- Strawberry Sauce World watching this unfold. Oh, it was magical. By the way, in our show notes page, we have a great YouTube video which showcases the character cavalcades in all four parks. So you don't want to miss that. The barges in Animal Kingdom, the uh, Tinkerbell float uh, at Magic Kingdom, the, the cars that are very unique at Disney's Hollywood Studios. Definitely check that out. That was my number two magical moment in World Showcase. Number three. Um, I have eaten at most every restaurant in Walt Disney World Um I have eaten at all of the restaurants in Epcot. I will say, however, that of all the restaurants I tend to not want to come back to, it would probably be Akershus. And honestly, it's been a while since I've been to that restaurant. A, none of my children are into the princess meet and greet at your table, which is so popular and so expensive. Secondly, um, the menu is just, again, you're in World Showcase to try something different, but at that pricing, Norwegian meatballs, um, uh, filet of salmon served with ragout of white beans, um, seared pork with an apricot glaze, um, Herb roasted chicken with sweet potato and cranberry bread pudding. None of these dishes scream that I want to pay a premium to go to this very difficult restaurant to get into to uh, do a princess meeting. This has just not been my cup of tea. And so I haven't really been there in probably 15 years. That said and done, during this time of COVID, this restaurant has been shut down. They're not doing hardly any buffets, um, although they are doing the one at the Land Pavilion, Um, but they're not doing it right now. What they have done is they have turned this over as one of the locations where you can take a break by taking your mask off. And let me tell you, this is a delight because if you haven't seen the interior of this restaurant, it's beautiful. By the way, did you know why it's called Akershus? Um, it's actually, while it looks kind of like a, a church steeple on top, it's actually reminiscent of an actual, still existing today fortress in Oslo, Norway called Akershus. It's a, it was a fortress, it kind of is a castle fortress, it um, has served that purpose. It's now a museum today. Uh, it still um, holds uh, uh, those who are deceased um, in it. Uh, it's, a, it's a very authentic place. You ought to go check out when you're in Norway. Here, this, I, I don't know that it mimics all of the interior of the castle in Norway. But it does take on the very best of Norwegian or Scandinavian interiors with the wood, with the brick. It's just beautiful. On our show notes page, I've added a whole bunch of photos for you to see. It's air conditioned, and you don't have to pay. You don't have to pay a premium for it. Time yourself right. You can step outside and see those princesses come by. Um, Definitely the place to take a break to kind of plan. What do you want to do next? Where are you at? Um, and that, for me, was in a big, big way um, the number three uh, magical moment that I have had in my last two visits at Epcot. Um, definitely, definitely check this out. It's a free tour of the room, of the room, and very few people really even know about it. So there, it's not really crowded with very many people, the tables are all separated. So it's socially distant. It's just a great space to just relax and, and check out something really beautiful. Number four. Number four is something that's been there for ever since day one of Epcot. Few people have recognized the legacy and heritage of Mariachi Cobre. Mariachi Cobre is the band the brass band with uh, well and it has a lot of guitars um i i'm sorry it has a lot of um uh has a lot of string instruments and this group has played since day one uh since the park opened and they're a fantastic group but the problem with mariachi cobre is it's a it's a fairly big ensemble they usually play about eight ten twelve individuals at any one time. Mexico doesn't have a lot of open space. And so they're kind of just off to the side and then a crowd builds and it's usually the heat of the day. So you really got to put up with the heat of the day to listen to them. I don't usually stop a lot. And plus, I tend to come to Epcot in the evening, not during the day. So and they usually play during the day, not in the evening. So I kind of miss them and I don't really take the time to appreciate them with the fact that it didn't make sense to have the kind of entertainment that they usually have in the park uh, during the food and wine festival, rock groups playing and so forth, they've chosen to take both the Jamators and the Mariachi Cobre and have them play at the American Gardens Theater. And in particular, they play in the afternoon and in the evening, which is huge because it's cooler and nicer time to enjoy they're able to stage them spread them apart so they're socially distant give them a great stage they've got this wonderful designer uh, um, stage behind them this is a great moment to showcase how tremendous this group is and I would recommend if you are going to be an Epcot in the next few months Take the time to watch this group. Not only are they talented musicians, their vocal skills, their ability to bring this solid male sound to their music is is invigorating. It's just it's tremendous, and uh, we have a video. I hope to get uh, more than one. Hopefully, we'll get a couple of videos up of them. On here but definitely check out the notes page you can see them perform it's a great staging for their performance and I just love that and that's why I named them uh, the fourth magical moment discovery that I found while I was in World Showcase the last couple evenings let me end with the last one if I may and that is evening in World Showcase we still have some uh, long uh, summer days as we come to the end of uh, this time of summer and we go back into the school year. And so being around World Showcase, six 37, eight o'clock in the evening, you can just embrace the beauty of each of these pavilions. Uh, I started in France after I, I took advantage of some Ratatouille photos. Uh, look up when you are in France go down the paths others don't um to hang toward the right check out the beautiful details that are in these unfortunately many of the stores are closed because they are beautiful also on the inside but um but definitely check out the beauty of them great place if you love to take photos this is the time to do it because the crowds are very light these as you see in my photos you barely see anybody in there I captured a photo of the Discovery, uh, the, the boats that are on World Showcase Lagoon. They usually finish off around this um, seven o'clock hour with uh, the, all the craziness of this park situation. They've been closing much later and that's been just wonderful. That's a great way to enjoy your time around World Showcase. And the beauty of Morocco, again, These photos, they're just just quiet, empty moments against uh, these pavilions. Japan, I've already talked about how wonderful Japan is. And when you look uh, across the lagoon at the orange uh, torii gate, or you see the 83 foot tall pagoda, um, it's just beautiful. Lit up at night, the gardens, the waterfalls, the fish um and then I, I finished off my last photo for the evening is the american adventure uh, stunning and beautiful at night um they've you, uh, one of the f- disappointing things in recent years has been the popularity of the american Adventure has caused that pavilion to close in the evening and use just the exit to do the attraction but fortunately uh, fortunately, they have uh, uh, created a scenario where um, without those groups, you could still go into into the beautiful pavilion, check out the great attraction that is there. If you haven't read my American Adventure, your American Adventure is the title of it. Maybe I'll put a link to that at the end of the um, World Showcase. But I'm telling you to the privilege of just strolling these streets without the crazy crowds and seeing the beauty of this park in the evening. Well, it, that brings me to the end of my uh, the five things that I have just found to be magical, to be great discoveries. as you I, I want you to know, despite COVID, despite all the crazy construction, you can still find the magic at Epcot, especially as you take the time to really enjoy world showcase well that does it for this disney at play podcast we have definitely covered epcot all the construction all the magic and we hope that this has been a great podcast for you thanks for joining us thanks for being part um as always be sure to subscribe make sure that uh you continue to check us out. We've got more podcasts for this week, and we are glad you can be a part of it. As Sinbad says in his Storybook Voyage, episode 37, always follow the compass of your heart and what you do, especially in these difficult times. You have a great day. We'll see you real soon.